Amen. We're going to be in Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13, verse 1. Jesus ministered for just three short years, but those three short years that Jesus ministered have been impacting the world for 2,000 years. Uh, one of the reasons I believe for that, not only is the fact that he's the Son of God, but also Jesus regularly withdrew for times of prayer. Uh, as he lived a life of faith in his human nature as the Son of God and as the Son of Man, uh, he lived a life of faith in the Lord, and he re relied upon the Lord to lead him and guide him and empower him for the things that he needed to do. Um, as the Son of God, he had all power, but as a human Jesus, he's relying upon the Father uh, and withdrawing for special prayer. Uh, if Jesus needed to do this, we definitely need to do this. Uh, and the scripture that we're going to look at today actually talks about uh, the Apostle Paul uh, in the early days as he goes by Saul of Tarsus. Uh, and Barnabas, his partner, as they meet with this group of teachers and prophets to pray. They've just finished a journey to help the Jerusalem church with an offering. Now they've come back and they're spending a time, a season of prayer and refreshment. They're focusing upon the Lord. They're coming apart for that time with God. And that is something, if you know Christ, that's something you need to do. You need to come apart with the Lord Jesus Christ in your own personal time with God. We come apart as a body of believers uh, as we assemble together to worship the Lord. That's a coming apart. Uh, here in this scripture, it's, it's not one of these. It's actually a special time of coming apart for some leaders in the church. And as they come apart to hear from God, God gives them a specific message and a, a specific word of the timing. It's time for Barnabas and Saul to begin their missionary ministry. Uh, oftentimes, God will speak as we come together to worship. They came together to worship. I don't really think, and at least it doesn't say in the Scripture, that uh, they were looking to receive guidance from the Lord. It says they were coming together to serve, to worship, and praise the Lord. Uh, they were having a time of fellowship. But as they praise the Lord, God speaks into the situation, just as he has spoken into our lives so many times as we've gathered together for worship here. And God gives them a specific word for their lives. Um, so uh, we need to seek God together. And as we do this, it strengthens us personally. Uh, you cannot, uh, you, if you give out all the time, if you're serving, 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 but you're never taking in, you're never spending time with God, you're never getting the refreshment that you need, you become burned out pretty quickly. Uh, and so it refreshes you, it strengthens you. It also enables you to minister to others. Did you know you don't just come to church for yourself? You come to church so that you can minister to other people, uh, so that you can be used by God with your spiritual gifts that God has given you to bless somebody else. Is there a prayer to offer? Is there a scripture to share? Is there something that God would have you to say or perhaps to do uh, to help or encourage 
a brother or sister in Christ. So it strengthens us as a body when we meet together uh, in those ways as well. Uh, And then sometimes you get that special word of direction. So uh, we need to seek God together, and that's the title of my message, Seeking God Together as His People. So look with me at verse 1 of Acts 13. It says, Now in the church at Antioch there were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manian, a close friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set me apart uh, uh, for me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. Then after they had fasted, prayed, and laid hands on them, they sent them off. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. So seeking God together. What blessings can we enjoy as we seek God together? First, there is refreshment through fellowship. Mentions the prophets and teachers, but then it calls them by name. Uh, Barnabas, Simeon, uh, Lucius, Manian, and Saul. Uh, these guys are meeting together. Uh, I remember I had a time uh, we used to meet together for prayer when I, when I was in Texas pastoring. Uh, me and a number of other pastors, sometimes there was a, were as many as 12 there, and other times it was just a few of us. Uh, but some of the sweetest times of fellowship came as we sought the Lord together in prayer, and we just kind of shared what was going on in our lives and, and supported each other in that time of prayer. And uh, still to this day, those are dear friends uh, that I value greatly. Um, So God gives refreshment through fellowship. Sometimes that can come in a one-on-one situation. Uh, You set apart. I remember I had a friend who invited me to come. He said, anytime you need prayer, you come to my office, and we'll sit down, and we'll we'll talk, and we'll pray. He said, I'm the boss, so I can do that. And so uh, you come, and you, you, uh, you do that whenever you need to. And we would do, we'd come together, and we would worship the Lord together and fellowship together. And it was such a refreshing time uh, for me in a difficult season of my life. Other times, it's been a phone call as I would come together. And maybe I didn't plan on it being a time of worship. Uh, but uh, I can remember one time uh, calling my sister on the phone, and I was, I was burdened and struggling with something. I don't even remember what it was now. But uh, I felt like I needed to call my sister, and she's got the gift of mercy. And so she just ministered to me and uh, lifted me up. And, buddy, I was having a worship service by the time it was over. That fellowship together as you withdraw. So it can happen a lot of different ways, uh, but especially as we choose to step aside for worship. Now, I've seen this uh, happen sometimes uh, as I've been aside from my personal worship where God would just speak into my heart. Maybe he'll give me a burden to pray for. Uh, Maybe he'll give me an encouragement from his word. He'll bring a scripture to mind. Or perhaps he'll provide a direction for my life. These are all things that God will do as we worship him. As we praise his name and thank him for the good things that he's done, he shows up and he meets with us. And by the way, that's where the best fellowship happens. I know we as Baptists like to eat, but did you know fellowship is not just eating food? Fellowship is actually being 
uh, filled with the Spirit of God and letting the Spirit of God speak through us to bless somebody else and to receive that from others. Uh, and so as we worship, that happens much more naturally. So uh, seeking God together, what blessings can we have? Well, we enjoy refreshment through fellowship. Secondly, we enjoy focused time with God. If you look in verse 2, it says, As they were worshiping the Lord and fasting. So they had, they had come apart uh, to worship God, but also were seeking Him and fasting. Um, sometimes people fast uh, because they're grieved, um, and they, don't, you know, they want to seek the Lord and, and find comfort. Other times people fast because they're seeking God's direction. Uh, that's a possibility here. Uh, other times, people just fast because they want to draw near to God. I think that's one of the best motives for fasting. Uh, you choose, what's the purpose of fasting? Well, you set aside the time you would normally eat, and you spend that time praying to the Lord or worshiping Him or listening to Him as He, to speak, as he speaks to your heart through His Word. And what I have noticed about the times, I don't fast a lot, but the times I've done that, I've noticed I have a, a, just a special connection with the Lord. That's the only way I know how to describe it. Uh, it seems like God just, the spiritual side of things is very real to me uh, when I take those times to seek His face. And those focused times of God just lift me up and strengthen me and refresh me. Um, Focus time with God. That's always a good thing. Uh, sometimes we need to just get apart from the circumstances of life, from the struggles and the stresses and the worries and concerns of this life to refocus ourselves on God. What did God tell uh, us through the psalmist? He said, be still and know that I am God. Sometimes we need to just be reminded of that. And as we spend that focused time with God, it takes our eyes off of the things around us and puts them onto our great God, who is far greater than anything we could ever face in this life, far more able to handle whatever we may face than we could possibly imagine. And we find peace in the midst of the, the storms around us because our eyes are directed to Him. So they were having a focused time with God. Nothing to bring things into perspective like that. By the way, I can remember times of uh, when I was in the military and I, I would go uh, to Wednesday night church. And uh, I mentioned Wednesday night church just simply because Wednesday night church seemed to especially minister to me during that season of time in my life. And oftentimes, uh, just, just the world and everything that's going on in the world, it would be, it would be uh, upon my shoulders and... I'd go to that place, and I'd be worshiping with those people, and it was so refreshing, and it kind of rebooted me spiritually, and uh, just um, was such a blessing to focus on the Lord in the midst of what was going on. Uh, I encourage you to do that daily with the Lord, to set aside some time to focus upon Him. Come to, to meet with God's people here uh, and assemble together. Uh, come. Uh, with others, maybe you, you get together with a few people that, that you know who are close to you. And you say, hey, let's seek the Lord together about this issue. 
uh, in our lives or maybe in our community. Maybe there's an issue in our community that we need to bring before the Lord. But we spend this focused time with God, and it refreshes us, but it also changes the world. Can I tell you something? I have seen God answer so many prayers, prayed as I have set aside time, special time with God to focus upon Him. By the way, I encourage you, if you fast and pray, or if you're spending time in prayer, make yourself a list of the things you're asking God for. Because it is so encouraging to go back and to look and, and pull that out maybe several months later and see the prayers that God has answered. In some cases, for me, it's been years later. And God answers the prayer. And glory to his name. <laughs> and you can go back and you, you look and see the answers God has brought. And how faithful God has been. And how he's answered prayer. And he's changed circumstances. And it will lift you up. So seeking God together, what are the blessings we can enjoy? We enjoy refreshment through fellowship, focused time with God, communication from God. Verse 2, the Holy Spirit said, or the Holy Spirit spoke. <laughs> Isn't that great that God would speak with us? Listen, I think God speaks through his word most often. But he also speaks through his spirit in the midst of our, in the midst of our hearts. Um, you ask me to explain that, I don't know that I can, but I know that he does it because he's done it in my life. Um, God also sometimes will speak through others. And one of the interesting things about this scripture is that God tells this group what Barnabas and Saul are to do, right? Um, he also tells Barnabas and Saul, but that's an important part of it too. Uh, but isn't it neat when God is working, maybe he speaks to you through his word, maybe he impresses upon your heart through his Holy Spirit about a course of action, and then somebody else comes along and confirms that same thing in your life. Isn't that a wonderful thing? Uh, it's like God putting the cherry on top and uh, I think God does that maybe uh, for a couple of reasons. One is to assure us that we've heard correctly from him. I remember when, uh, when my daughter was sick, uh, one morning in my quiet time, I was just praying for her, and uh, I felt like in, in my spirit, I just felt like the Holy Spirit touched me, and I felt like he was saying, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. And I took that to mean she was going to be healed. I didn't tell anybody about that. I kept it to myself, oh ye of little faith. Um, I thought, well, God, I, if I've not heard you correctly, I don't want to, you know, uh, bring disrepute upon your name. And uh, but it was about two weeks later, I was talking to my mom, and she told me, she said, you know, I, I believe God's assured me that Megan's going to be healed. <laughs> okay, that's two people now, you know. So I felt like I could share it after that. And, and then we, we uh, those of you who were here at that time, we heard Megan give testimony in this church how God had healed her after the doctor said, don't expect that to happen. So we, we serve a great God, don't we? And, and he speaks into our life. And sometimes, though, I think God may also use others to speak into our lives to bring encouragement and assurance when the trouble comes. Um, 
as Barnabas and Saul begin their missionary journey, they run to a place called Lystra, where there's some great persecution. Um, they experience some very difficult things in this first missionary journey. But they make it through those difficult times, and they keep going for Jesus Christ. And I can't help but wonder, in those times of self-questioning and self-doubt, did I hear God right? Am I really supposed to be doing this? It's pretty hard right now, Lord. Have I heard you correctly? Oh, yes. God didn't just tell me. He told so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. And they confirmed that in my life. I look back to the call that God made upon my life <clears throat> to be a pastor. And I told God, please make it very clear to me because I don't want to misunderstand you in this. And, um, and God did. He, he assured me. Uh, but I think God did that also because he knew I was going to face some difficult times in the years ahead. And in some of those times, I've looked back to that call upon my God. Listen, I don't understand the circumstance. I don't understand what's going on. But I know that my God called me. And I know that if God called me, God's going to be with me. And God's purpose is going to be achieved. He has spoken. He will accomplish it. So as they worship God, they received this communication from God. <clears throat> So, seeking God together, what blessings can we enjoy? We can enjoy refreshment through fellowship, focused time with God, communication from God, and alignment with God. <clears throat> alignment with God. <clears throat> Sometimes I've had to take my car to get it aligned, right? Right? What happens if your car gets out of alignment, the tires start working against each other. And so they're, they're not all pulling the same way. And so you start to get these bare spots on your tires where it's rubbing wrong because they're not in alignment. Sometimes we may not be in alignment with each other. Uh, some of you, hopefully, you didn't have a fight on the way to church. I know how the devil operates, right? Uh, and we get out of alignment with each other. But listen, I'm going to tell you something. We especially need to be in alignment with the Lord. Churches need to be in alignment with the Lord. Did you know just because the church votes for it doesn't mean it's God's will? Now, individuals need to be in alignment with God, and churches need to be in alignment with God. <clears throat> I remember when my dad uh, decided to... Uh, leave the music ministry to begin to pastor, there was a man in the church that didn't want to see him go. And he said, uh, if you'll stay in this church, I'll write you a $15,000 check right now. And of course, God had told him to go. So he said, well, I can't accept that. I've got to go. Uh, sometimes churches will try to hang on and by the way, I'm not going anywhere in case you think that's where this is headed, okay? That's not, I'm not trying to prepare for that. But sometimes churches will try to hang on to people that God is calling away. And sometimes people will try to stay in a church and God is calling them away, right? They're not in alignment with God. So God speaks to this group of leaders and he says, 
This is what I want you to do. Saul and Barnabas, I want you to go. And the rest of you guys, I want you to let them go. <laughs> Did you know sometimes there is a, is a subtraction that is a wonderful thing? We remember Brother Carlos, who we, we take up money for. He was saved and baptized in this church. He was discipled in this church. He sat in my Sunday school class for years in this church, learning about the things of God. Now he's in, in El Salvador preaching the gospel. He's got this group of kids he teaches. He's, he preaches on the street. He's got a church he pastors too. But he, 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 uh, he preaches on the streets. And then he's got this group of kids that he disciples. And there, there's about, I think, about 10 of them. And uh, they're, in, they're talking in Spanish. I can't hear, understand a thing they're saying. But I like to just watch it because it blesses my heart. I hear him speaking the truth of, of, of Jesus Christ. And those kids are responding to him and eager to, to learn. Listen, that fires me up. He's not in my church anymore. But praise God, he's in the universal church. And he's doing the work of the kingdom of God. My daughter uh, and her husband were led away uh, after they were married to a, to a sister church. And uh, can I tell you something? She's doing the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Baptized and discipled in this church. She's got a Bible club that she started at the high school. And those kids are hungry. They're asking her questions about eternal life. And they're, they're asking, them, asking her questions about how do I deal with this circumstance? What does God's word say about this circumstance in my life? Where did she learn that stuff? She learned it right here in this church. And I'm going to tell you something. That matters to the kingdom of God. Maybe God would call one of you to leave this church. I'm glad you're here, by the way. I'm not trying to run anybody off. But listen, I'm going to tell you something. If God puts his finger upon your life, you better be willing to say yes. Let God use you for his glory. So they receive this uh, communication from God. God says, I want you to get in alignment with me. And what that involves is a geographical change of location. For Saul and Barnabas. What it means for the church at Antioch is that they're going to have to do without two of their best leaders for the sake of the kingdom of God. Did that cause them some, some trouble and uh, uh, some difficulty? Probably so. I can, I can remember um, times where um, somebody that I have greatly loved has been led somewhere uh, to serve and you feel like you lost your, your right arm, right? I can remember saying, I feel like I've lost my right arm. Uh, but that person has gone on to serve in Christ and has been greatly used. Listen, I want to tell you something. Uh, it's bigger than you and me, right? It, it, it's bigger than you and me. This kingdom of God thing. Listen, one of the most exciting things for me when I get to heaven is going to be to find out what God did with the people that I won to faith in Christ. Um, I've shared with you the story about uh, the, the fellow that came here was saved and uh, went to the cancer uh, treatments and came back and he'd, he'd led 15 people to Christ. And he went back to Arkansas. I don't know how many people he's led to faith in Arkansas. I probably won't talk, about, uh, talk to him again until I see him someday in heaven. 
But listen, I'm going I'm to find him, and I'm going to say, hey, tell me what God did. <laughs> I want to hear about it. Uh, that's so exciting to me to think about. So we need to get in alignment with God. Sometimes that's scary. Uh, when God called me to preach, I was like, oh, Lord, I, I don't want to do that. I, you know, uh, I, I don't know that I can do that. You know, and I, I had all these objections in my mind, and, and, uh, but I surrendered to the Lord. Sometimes when we take that step of faith and we align ourselves with God, we, then we find out what God can do. Did you know it's not about what I can do or what you can do? It's about what God can do through us. I can remember uh, feeling very inadequate. Uh, I, I was serving my first church as a minister of youth and music. And uh, my first paid position. And, and I remember just feeling inadequate uh, because I had just come out of a season of time where I just kind of drifted from God and I didn't feel like I was ready for, for a position like that, but the opportunity came, and then the Spirit of God said, go. I said, okay, Lord, but, you know, I was very nervous, and, and my first, I remember my first night there, uh, I'd gotten the teenagers together. I said, well, you, I want you to do such and so, you to do such and so, and, and uh, about half of them didn't show up. And uh, I remember thinking, okay, what am I going to do now? I've got all this blank space in my, in my youth service. And so I felt led to share my testimony and uh, to give an invitation. And, and there were two young men that stayed behind after the service was over. And they said, we want to be saved. And they gave their hearts to Christ. And I went over. I was excited. I went over and told the pastor. And uh, he was excited. He said, you know, we've been praying for those young men for 11 months. And it was as though God was saying, look, I know you're not worthy. I know your weakness. Don't underestimate what I can do through you. That's the God we serve. If we just will align ourselves with his purpose in our lives, he can use us. Because it's about him and what he can do through us. Saul and Barnabas aligned themselves with the purpose of God. And think about this for a second. If that church has said, you know what, we're not letting you go. I, I mean, I... I don't know how they would have forced them to say, but maybe they'd try to put a guilt trip on them. Or maybe they said, hey, listen, don't expect any support from us if you leave this church. I mean, they could have maybe done some things like that. But oh, what the world would have lost had, had Saul and Barnabas not obeyed God. Would that church have had some additional leadership? Yes, but the kingdom of God would not have been benefited as it was. That church was willing to give up so that God's purpose could go forward. And that's what we've got to be willing to do in our lives. To give up. I, I hear sometimes I hear about um, in, in families, uh, somebody feels called to the mission field in a family. And the parents will say, no, I'm against that. I don't want you that far away from us. Or, no, I, I, you, you need to be a doctor. You've got, you've got gifts. You, you, you need to go this path instead in your life. You don't need to be a missionary. And they'll talk their kids out of obedience to God. I can't imagine doing that. We've got to be willing to give up 
so that God's purpose can go forward. They did. And all of Europe became the Christianized part of the world because of these steps of obedience found right here in this chapter. And guess what? You and I are saved today because they obeyed God. Where did our Christian fathers come from? Mostly from Europe. The places where Paul evangelized. And so, uh, and, and the evangelism that took place after Paul as well. So, uh, what, an, what an, a great thing that God has done through these simple steps of obedience. I can remember uh, my parents, uh, when we, I was age 10 when my dad surrendered to preach. And uh, we were in a church that uh, had everything that money could buy. Uh, every kind of bell and whistle and children's stuff and all these things. And, and uh, I remember my parents telling me, <clears throat> we worried about you kids because we thought we're leaving all these things that they have for our kids and we're going to a place that has nothing for our kids to serve God, to be obedient to God. But they did so. And, you know, which is ironic because my, my greatest period of spiritual blessing and growth came at that church. <laughs> Isn't that neat how God can do things like that? Uh, I came to Christ there. And I grew leaps and bounds at that church. And the Spirit of God led me uh, and grew me in so many ways. And, and I'm so grateful to God for what God did in my life that little church out in the country where my parents were willing to follow and serve the Lord. Listen, I'm going to tell you something. You obey God. You don't have to worry about your kids. You can trust God to deal with those things. You, you don't have to worry. Well, how am I going to make it? How? God is able to provide what we need as we align ourselves with Him. So, <clears throat> Seeking God together. By the way, we're going to do that tonight at 6.30. Shameless plug for drawing your service. We're going to pray and we're going to share and fellowship together tonight. So, seeking God together, what blessings can we enjoy? Refreshment through fellowship. Focused time with God. Communication from God. Alignment with God. What, what great blessings. Uh, verse 4 says, So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. The first ministry, uh, missionary journey began. Uh, so we, we need to seek God together. We need to seek God together. And as we do, he will accomplish these things in our lives as Christians. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, the first step of seeking the Lord is to surrender your life to him and put your trust in Jesus Christ. The Bible says that Christ lived the perfect life that we couldn't live. He was tempted in all ways just as we are, yet without sin, the Bible says. Uh, he was pure and holy, and he went to a cross, and he took... Your penalty and my penalty upon himself at the cross. 
He paid the price for our sins. He satisfied the justice of God. He took the wrath of God upon himself. He said, it is finished. It's paid in full. It's done. And he arose on the third day. And the Bible says that because of what Jesus has done, if we'll surrender our lives to Christ and we'll trust him uh, and choose to follow him with our lives by faith, that he'll change our life. He'll forgive us of sins. He'll give us heaven when we die. And we can begin to have our lives count for him. So if you don't know Christ, I'm going to give you an opportunity here in just a moment uh, to commit your life to him. And I'm going to ask you to come and just uh, to the front here and just say, by your coming, say, hey, um, I want to follow Jesus. I, I'm tired of going my own way. Uh, I'm not going to, I'm going to turn from my sin. I want to go Christ's way. I want to follow Jesus and I'm going to trust my life to him uh, and follow him. And I am receiving the gift of eternal life that Jesus paid for at the cross. If that's your heart, I'm going to encourage you to come. Uh, I'll help you with a prayer here at the front. Or uh, you can even come to this altar if you'd rather do that and pray in your own words. Surrender to the Lord and receive that gift of eternal life and he'll save your soul. If you're watching online, you can receive it right where you are. Uh, Surrender and trust in Jesus and what he's done for you at the cross. All right, uh, and uh, let's go to Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for uh, the great blessing of the fact that our Savior died for our sin and rose again. And Father, we pray that for those who have, have been convicted by your Spirit or drawn by your Spirit, Lord, that right now they would choose to turn from their sin in their own way to follow Christ and would receive the gift of eternal life. Uh, Lord, I pray that their lives will never be the same. And Father, for those who already know you here today, Father, I pray that they would respond as you would desire them to. Perhaps they need to align themselves with your will for their life. Uh, Whatever it might be, God, I pray that they would do so to the glory of your name. And we pray it in Jesus' name.